It's the week of January 7th, and this is MASHcast number 76. Cast. I'm Jared. I'm here with senior editor Rob Hill Williams. Hello, hello. And also here with podcast host and uh, staff writer Nick Zelenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yeah, so Mikey's not here today to give us the, the gloom and doom, but I'm sure he'll <laughs> Just, have his rain cloud over the podcast next week. So you're <laughs> saying it's going to be like an, up, an upbeat podcast today? It's going to be full of positive messages and raised right. spirits? Yeah, exactly. And nobody saying bullshit about controllers that are clearly good <laughs> for some reason mikey doesn't like them yeah but this is uh smash cast 76 uh oh it feels like it feels like it's been a while since we've had like more than uh two people on the podcast yeah my bad <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been it's been a little bit but uh we actually, CES was this week, so we do have quite a bit to talk about. Um, well, yeah, a couple gaming things. A few gaming pieces of hardware came out this week, so we're going to talk about those. But uh, first things first, let's uh, talk about what you guys have been playing. So, Rob, you want to go first? Uh, sure. Um, playing NCAA Football 13, which is kind of weird. I mean, I had the game, and... We were supposed to start an online dynasty. Never really happened. You know, last time we last we tried one for, for NCAA 12 and made it like five weeks or something like that. And then somebody got their game stolen and then people dropped out and blah, blah, blah. So we finally like, got one back together and been playing again. So, yay, like sports games. I don't know. <laughs> um, I also played Saints Row the Third. Like I basically like just burned co-op with somebody with a friend um on pc and i the game is just so fun and funny like there and i've never uh outside of like rock band and like dance central i've never seen a game use licensed music better just for the parts where it uses licensed music it's fucking wonderful uh the last stage is like the like I need a hero like that song plays the whole fucking time on loop and it's it's great like there's no they couldn't have they couldn't have picked a better song uh, because it's just the, the game is just so loopy like it, it I, I'm really glad they found their footing and I'm glad that you know there will probably be a Saints Row four but it, it I'm just glad that they like got away from that like oh we're grand we're like a Grand Theft Auto game. Because like the first one was very much like we're like Grand Theft Auto, and then two was like we're kind of wacky, and then three was like fuck it, and it not it could nothing better could have happened in the series. I I, I fucking love it. Um, kind of want to get the DLC, see what that stuff's like, but uh, 
because there's a lot of random, wacky little extra storylines and stuff. Um, and I was playing Lego Harry Potter. We picked that up recently because, you know, like me and the fiance, we wanted something co-op-y to play. And it's it's fun. It's Lego. I mean, it's a fucking Lego game. And then as soon as we get it, we you know, it's like, hey, like Lego Marvel Heroes is coming out. And it's like, fucking awesome. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I, I'm sure I've played other stuff and I honestly don't fucking remember. So, moving on. Nick. Uh, let's see. I've been playing Assassin's Creed 3. And I'm still playing that Atlantis Pearls of the Deep, that stupid uh, marble game with uh, where you drop the stuff down from above. I've been finding that amazingly addictive. Okay, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is all. <laughs> well, and, and Warcraft, but like you know, a few little other things here and there, like Dear Esther for ten minutes, but I don't think that counts. Right, well, well, what? What are your thoughts on Assassin's Creed 3? All of us has had, have had something to say about it. Like, what do you think about I'm it? St- I'm still fairly early in, and I, I have to say, I honestly don't even kind of know my own thoughts on the game because, like, I've, you know, like in talking with you, <clears throat> excuse me, I've heard the story of the first few games. So when you, t- when, you when I first put the game in, and it, it starts up with Desmond's backstory and the whole like like the like the danger room type way he is able to become the previous assassins. Like at least I, I was kind of braced for that, and I kind of knew that was coming, and I, I could understand what was going on. I think if you approach this game as somebody who's never touched an Assassin's Creed before, and you're just like, hey, I want to run around and throw tomahawks at people and high-five George Washington, I think that the opening of the game is going to make you take the game back. Because it was a good, I don't know, probably a good, what, half hour, maybe 20 minutes before you you even really get to the, the opera house at the beginning where you're actually finally in the revolutionary period. And I, I it felt it, it felt like a long time. I, and, and that I feel like there's a lot of information that they were throwing at me there as somebody who hadn't been, you know, playing with the series. And even then, I mean, I'm still in, I think you've called it sort of like a prolonged tutorial stage uh, where I guess you play as uh, the elder assassin who, you know, comes over from Britain. And I mean, I'm finding that useful insofar as, as not having played the game before. Like I need the tutorial, but I'm still, I, I st- it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for the game to begin. It's not everything I've seen in the commercials is, you know, it's not there yet. And it's, I mean, it's intriguing, but it, it, it's, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like I got what I, what, what was advertised yet. Okay. How many hours have you played? Maybe two. Oh God. I know. You I'm early. You got a lot of disappointment to get through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, that's my whole life. No, <laughs> so you didn't even finish sequence three yet? No. no. Okay. That's going to lift you up and that'll, get, that'll, get, that'll have you good to go for at least another hour or so. Okay. And I did then, say, and then you'll was, start the downward spiral again. It was it, it was briefly exciting when uh, when ben- Benjamin Franklin shows up and gives you the uh, the gathering quest to find my find my little pages. Yeah. Like, oh, it, like this is how it's gonna work. Okay, but uh, no. The other thing I'm a little confused about is the style. I guess there's like the codex that you can read through, and it has all the information about everybody. Yeah. And it who writes that from the game perspective? Because Sean, Sean does. Sean, the the, the English guy. Okay, because I mean, like, I'm reading, and they're talking about like they literally refer to Ben Franklin as a rock star, and so I mean, it, it's very clearly like there's a persona writing that 
yeah, script it's, there that it's, it's not... supposed to be in game, like not as you, the player, learning more. It's like Desmond learning more. Uh, okay. Basically. Yeah. So, so did he not go to school? Then? <laughs> <laughs> Who is Benjamin Franklin? <laughs> I don't understand what the American Revolution is. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna say some stuff in that game, which is like, uh, it's like really, like really, dude, like come on. You know, but it's actually, you know what, got, in that game, one conversation that was so unnecessary, what, and I really wish... Back and forth about the revolution and well, why it started? Yeah, that one, that was a conversation that I was like, really, we don't need to have this conversation. But also, the one with, actually, it's kind of easy to skip. The one where Benjamin Franklin is talking about sex with women. And why he likes older women. You know what? They really did that just because it's like, you know, historically, like, Ben Franklin's supposed to have been a womanizer. But it's like they really did it in, like, the most bludgeonly heavy-handed way that they possibly could to show that he was a womanizer. Like, you could have just had him, like, you know, chasing some skirt somewhere. Like, but instead it's this overly long conversation about Yeah, he talked for, like, six, seven. Mature women. Yeah, like, six, like, six, seven minutes talking about. You know, Busty chores. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What the conversation boiled down to. Yeah, you know, you know. Very one-sided conversation. <laughs> There's some poor kid whose parents haven't talked to him ahead of time, and he's going to learn a lot from Ben Franklin. Oh uh, yeah, it's really just kind of like, okay, Ben, I really need to go. I don't need you to tell me more about vagina at this point. <laughs> like it's old dusty vagina too. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was definitely a conversation and. Even the way, I don't know, just the way they, they portrayed George Washington in that game, it was like, you know, he, like he was a bitch. It was almost like he was a bitch in that game. You'll see. You'll see what I'm talking about. You know, he, he could not tell a lie. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make him a bitch. I think it kind of does. Oh, okay. Well, according to Nick, if you're, not, if you're a, a truth teller, you're a bitch. You're, you're a bitch to the truth. Okay. Womp <laughs> <laughs> womp. Moving on. Yeah, so... uh my turn let's see uh i have been playing some halo 4 which is great uh, i don't play the multiplayer uh but the single player is really good and it's hard for me to put it down when i actually start to play it so halo 4 good i bought bastion on pc why it was three dollars on steam so i just did it i don't know why because i didn't even beat bastion for my on my xbox uh, but I bought it and I played that a little bit. And you know what I have to admit though, I thought it was gonna be either like either better or just as easy to control on PC. I'm actually finding that the Xbox controls are better overall. So that was a little surprising. Uh, Planet Side Two, I've been playing that, but I don't play that a lot. I only play it with friends because the thing about Planet Side Two, to play by yourself in that game. Like it is so. There's so much shit happening in that game. Like Rob, have you played Planet Side Two? Yes, I have. And actually, we talked about. I think we talked about this already at some point. I think. I think you mentioned because the thing is, I really didn't play it all that much. Uh, okay. Yeah, but uh, I've played it. Um, I. I really have not played it without playing with somebody else, and even playing with somebody else, it's an overwhelming fucking game. Like it they is. really, they really drop you knee deep in in shit and just tell you to learn how to swim 
Like, oh, dude! Like every like your your first drop onto a continent. Like if you're switching continents. Oh, or dude! I dropped. Game, I dropped into. I dropped in a like a, a fucking zone and immediately got shot. Oh the yeah! You, and you, then it's like okay, and then you're back at the whatever the home base of the that planet that you're on is, and then you kind of figure shit out from there. Like, I don't know anybody that's dropped in and it's just like ah, I'm fucking Rambo. <laughs> it's like the AI is just like, where is the the hottest zone right now. Yep. Where could I possibly drop? Oh, there's a tank there. Awesome. I'll put him right next to it. Yeah. Like basically, <laughs> that's what the AI does. It drops you right next to that shit. But um, yeah, Planet Side Two, a lot going on. Like that's one of those. That's one of those games where you have to clan up. You gotta play. Uh, well, first of all, you have to play with somebody else. Like you can't go in there by yourself and expect to make like major moves. Because if you're not if you're not moving with the group or moving with, uh, you know, the, the side that you're allied with, you're not going to do anything. Like, you're not going to go into a structure, kill everybody, and, you know, save the day. Um, so, like, first of all, you need to play with somebody else. But second of all, you probably need to clan up. Because, like, it, you, to make moves in that game, to, to overtake areas and things of that nature, you really need to be in tune with what, with what your group is doing. You almost have to treat it like a, I don't know, like the closest thing I kind of think of is like, I mean, it's a shooter, but it reminded me of like Guild Wars, like to like World v. World. Like you really have to just like group up with people and have like a massive wave of strategy, like hit this reserve over here and back off, you know, like a huge group communicating to like yeah. get anything actually done because there's no even like you know we've we've run like up to like five or six people at a time and it's like that still don't really get anything done like you can get decent points for yourself and stuff like that, but you can't you're not taking anything yeah, not taking anything, anything substantial nothing is you're not changing the tide of battle or anything i will say one thing about the community they work well together like you don't hear a bunch, you don't see a bunch of people typing back and forth at each other. You don't see people saying, "Oh, I'm gonna go this this person saying, oh, I'm gonna go this way," and other people's like, "Well, no, we should go this way, so I'm gonna go this way." Like typically, like a leader will emerge. Typically, a leader will emerge, and people kind of listen, even if they're not in the same clan. Like you know, it's for the greater good of, you know, whatever faction you're allied with. So that's that's commendable because we we all know that it could it could go completely the other way. Um, well, fuck you, buddy. Why should I listen to you? Exactly. Oh, let's go attack over here, and then everybody split up, and then y'all get slaughtered. You know, exactly. Lots of games. Lots of games. Um, one game that I actually did forget get I played. I re- finally reinstalled Guild Wars Two, and I played PvP again. They've actually improved it. I. It's still not on the. It's not the same par as Guild Wars One. They still have a ways to go, but at least it's it was enjoyable for me to play. Now. Instead of being locked in a four v four, like I think I got into like an eight v eight, and you know working working with the team there, so it, it was pretty fun. I think I'm gonna explore that um, more when I get a chance, and I don't know, perhaps I'll, you know, finally get back into into Guild Wars because I'm I'm not I, like just the PVE. I'm so uninterested in it. It's got to be about the PVP for me for Guild Wars at least. Yeah, I, I could, I, I maybe that's what I should do at some point. I mean, I don't really necessarily have the time to play Guild Wars two like the way I'd, I'd like to. But yeah, like PVE, it's like one of those things. Where I, like, I, you have to have other people to play with. Like, you have to. Like, it's just, it's just boring otherwise. After a while, yeah. like, not because like the game is boring, but just because like the world is so vast and there's so much shit to do that like you just feel lonely. Like, 
the past like starting areas where you get to you know just randomly kind of like group up with people and you know help each other out because you know everybody still gets rewards and stuff without even having to like party or do any of that stuff but like once you start spreading out and people go their different ways it's like yep i'm out here by myself yeah in the middle of this desolate snowy wasteland <laughs> with nothing but enemies and shit you know like you're doing stuff but it's it's just gets boring because you're like yep all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the the way with they the, the, you know the first Guild Wars the servers weren't split up now the servers are split up so and a lot of people and their friends are split away from each other. So, also true. Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, but I've been playing Max Payne three on hardcore, and actually I've been streaming that uh, when I've been doing it, and um. I actually had to check, like, in the middle of a stream one day to make sure it was actually on hardcore because I was blowing through these guys. Like, it was nothing. I was a complete boss that day. <laughs> but there were definitely some times where I'm playing it, and, like, I got stuck for, like, 30 minutes in one location. This one place. And the worst thing about it, every time Mac, every time that, like, it would go from the last checkpoint... At the beginning of the checkpoint, Max would say something. He said this thing. He said, it looks like a VIP area or something. For 30 minutes, constantly, him saying that. Looks like a VIP area or something. To the point where the um, people in the stream were typing in the stream, hmm, looks like a VIP area or something. <laughs> <laughs> because, it was taking so, because it was taking me so long, but I finally got through it. It was, it was nice. Um, two games that I'm playing that I, oh, three games I'm playing in beta. Uh, one is called Warframe, which is all is all co-op game. It's a it's a PV well not PVE, but it's like it's all online co-op game. And it's kind of interesting. First of all, it's one of the best looking games I've ever seen. Like um like you guys know what the Giver looks like, right? Not MugGyver, but the Giver. The Giver, yes, the anime, yes. Yeah. Now like, I wanted to I knew Nick was gonna probably try to make a joke. So I wanted to cut him off. Oh wow! Just, just I, 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 Nick's jokes, man. We gotta have one Nick. Now, we gotta have one groan-inducing Nick joke. He now, will. He will. Know, your your okay. attempts to stymie me are gonna make me all sad, like Mikey. Oh, uh, even worse. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So like, basically, like that's what the guys they look like. They kind of like the Giver. And basically, they have, like, a sword. You can melee people with the sword, but you also have a gun. There's multiple class types. Like, um, I'm playing the Excalibur, which basically is, like, you know, you're shooting the guns and you're dicing up people with the sword. And then you have, like, a stealth class and, you know, uh, other types of class uh, to play with. And basically, like, you go, like, um, you go on these missions. It has a story. It has an ongoing story, which... It's in beta, and I think one of the things they're working on is the actual story and, you know, how it develops. But you go into these ships, and, like, each ship has an objective, like, you know, assassinate this target, or kill everybody, or capture this data. I think, I have to talk to the developers, but I think the maps, or each level, is generated dynamically every time you load it. Because sometimes, like, I'm like, man, this looks familiar, but this turn wasn't here before. Or this room didn't connect to this room. I think the room, I think it's dynamically loaded. Um, so that's, it's it's nice. Uh, not much to say about it so far besides the fact that it's one of the best looking games I've ever, I've ever seen. And, um, I don't know, like the, the, the gunplay and the, the, the swordplay work well together. There is a problem with collision detection and that I really want them to fix. 
but uh, the, over the next few weeks, I'll be playing it. And, uh, actually, we, we should have a preview up on the site by uh, next week or maybe the week after. Um, but I've actually been getting heavy into Firefall. Uh, did he, well, I know Nick didn't, but Rob, did you get into that beta or no? I, dude, I signed up for that beta after the last, the, the last, uh, uh, PAX East. Haven't heard shit. I mean, like, I get emails that are like, hey, you know, wow, Founders packs or whatever you can buy or yeah. whatever the crap. <laughs> dude, nothing about getting into the beta. Like, the, Katie got into it, like, fucking, like, a day after or something, and then I still haven't heard anything. Wow. It's, like, one of those rare times where it's, like, you know, you it's really actually a beta you just don't get into. <laughs> like, I, I've not, I have not had that happen in I don't remember how long, honestly. Well, I, I'll can send you one. I can send you an invite if you want. Because I have a few. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, it depends. I don't know if you want to get into it now, depending on like how you like to play games. Because his basically right now, Firefall is an arena shooter wrapped inside of an MMO. Is basically what it is. It is clear to me that the first thing they worked on was the PvP, because uh-huh. that that's actually I that's why I play it. It's mm-hmm. like it's like an arena shooter, and I, and I like that. Um, there are, of course, it's beta, so there are a couple problems I'm really not going to get into. But, you know, for the most part, the levels are fun to play, and it's usually 5v5, and, you know, it, it's fun. But basically, once you come out of PvP, the only thing you really have available are these dynamic missions. And so you do these dynamic missions as you're going around the world, and uh, you farm XP so you can build up your frame and get your upgrades and then go back into PvP right now. Right. Now they do have. So it's, a diff- it's largely based on PvP, and PvE is just a, a means to that end, not the other way around. As of or, right or not now, like an even split. Yeah, as of right now, they have a development timeline you can see, and they're like, I can't believe they were going to try to release this game in this December because they're only halfway through the development timeline. <laughs> uh, and basically, like right now, it, the the development timeline is di- right now they're in the dynamic mission portion, so they're working on those. And then they are going to do uh, the next part is full quest lines and things like that. Um, I didn't see anything about scenarios or whatever, but yeah, it's like full quest lines are the next one. Then after that, it's world PvP because right now there is no world PvP. It's all PV. It's uh, you know in the in the world it's all PVE, and you have to go into PvP on your own. But the amount of XP that you get in PvP so much bigger than the PVE stuff. So much, kind of like Warhammer was like that. Warhammer Online was totally like that, and I loved it. So I think I'm I'm gonna like Firefall. I'm I'm considering buying a Founders pack. I'm thinking about it. Um, but finally, I've actually been playing Hawken more recently, and I I'm really taking a liking to that game. I'm about to drop some cash, and then Hawken, and it's still in beta, and it's you know it's, it is a game right now where you do not have to pay money to have a good time and that's why i want to spend money kind of the same thing with dcu like i'm having a good right. time so and it's designed well enough that you enjoy it without spending money therefore you like it enough to spend money exactly i it's haven't just... i downloaded it i, I set up a set up a couple mechs or whatever i haven't played, played. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. have not done it yeah we can get together and we can go through so i love playing team deathmatch there's also another like in team deathmatch you kind of see the same frames over and mm-hmm. over again because there is no reason to switch from the CRT. Okay. There is no reason in Team Deathmatch. 
However, in like some in the other game modes where it's more tactical, there's good reason to do it. Yeah, to see heavies and stuff like that. Exactly. So like we could play. I I kind of love playing that game. It get, the feeling overall is really cool. Just the sound effects of you being inside the mech when you're walking, when you blow somebody out of the sky. <laughs> you know, it's awesome. It, it's I really like it a lot. So Hawking gonna be dropping some cash and Hawking. Good game. Uh, but yeah, that's it for what I've been playing. Always, well, I don't always have the longest list, but I think I always have the most to say about my games. Usually, yeah. yeah so, uh, but we'll skip into the articles. Um, some interesting things have happened. Um, and like I said, there was some CES stuff that's going on. But the first thing we want to talk about is uh, actually Nick brought this article up. So Nick, watch about because you were excited about it. I, I I thought this was probably one of the most amazing things that uh, I've heard in a while. Um, apparently in China, there was a father who was uh, you know, disappointed that his, his, his son was spending too much time playing video games, didn't seem like he was uh, exhibiting enough ambition in life as far as getting a job. Um, and I guess the son wasn't listening to all of father's lectures. So the father went and hired uh, a group of people to basically grief the guy in all of his online games, uh, effectively hiring online assassins to go into his games. And, and, you know, they were all higher level than him. They were all better players than him and basically just kill him every time he signed in so that he couldn't play the games and enjoy them. And I mean, it ultimately winds up where the, the, the son does go back to the father and then, you know, admit that, you know, it wasn't any fun, but uh, what, what does he, what does he tell him? Uh, he says, oh, I, I can play or I cannot play. It doesn't bother me. I'm not looking for any job. I want to take some time and find one that suits me. And I guess that plea made the father, like, call off the dogs. But I just think that's awesome that this this that, that this father went and actually hired people to, like, outplay somebody at a game. And, and it's virtual assassins. It's, it's, it's insane. I feel like we've crossed some kind of threshold. Like, this is like a new age that we've entered now that this has finally happened. Dude, I would so love to do that. I would do it. <laughs> life imitating art, imitating life, imitating <laughs> movie shit. I don't know. Yeah, you know? Like, I would just, uh, I would love to, like, if I could get, it, I don't even know if you have to pay me. To no, do that. No, the, the payment is necessary though it can't just be like oh hey can you like you know you need the payment it makes it all official it makes you an actual assassin otherwise it, it i don't know it doesn't feel as shady okay fine he could pay me a couple shekels but i'll just take enjoyment i'd like oh you want me to grief your son oh just tell me when and where well, well i guess that's the that's one of the interesting things about this is it doesn't say like how did he find these people like did he yeah that is true like is there some type of black market network or something uh, well it, it is china so yeah there probably is but i'm sure that he just went to some sort of forum or started you know not googling but you know <laughs> he, he found some forum or something or he went to an internet cafe and just asked around like kind of that 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 to me would be like the best way that, that could have possibly gone down is like he goes into an internet cafe like he's you know as if you go into like a you know Saloon. yeah or to a, a to a construction site looking for somebody to whack somebody off but like <laughs> you know but instead it's like in a video game it's like you're making back alley deals with people and it's like i know some people that can do what you need done <laughs> <laughs> uh, i got a I mean, problem over on fourth street that needs some attention <laughs> <laughs> seriously though i I, don't know, I, I think it would have been cool if the, the assassins got experience for this. Like this was fundamentally, this was like a real life quest. The father was a quest giver. He said, "Here, go <laughs> kill this guy repeatedly." 
Basically. I mean, that's what happened. Yeah. So I need this guy to take the big sleep. Constantly. I need (laughs) you to kill him constantly. Dude, that is awesome. And uh, Way to go, Dad. And there was like the little reconciliation that they had. Yeah. Everything's kind of like okay in the end and stuff. You know? You have to accept me for who I am. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... That I wonder if this like that that news like I wonder if some other parents heard it like man that's a great idea. Why didn't and I that, think of that? Yeah. yeah. And now you have a bunch of parents like you know going into like you know uh, uh fucking like web cafes and stuff like that in China wearing trench coats and dark glasses. <laughs> Even then, I think it'd be funny if it's like on like a, a PVP server. You see this low level character just kind of wander in, and was like, "Why are you here?" And he's like, "I, I need you guys to kill my son." Like, because he's not gonna have a high level character. <laughs> And it, like, what if the assassins start having, like, you know, names like, they told me I can find the glove here. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey No Eyes. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, God, that will be awesome. So, awesome. <laughs> awesome happenings in China right now. But uh, this one, like, that next article... Wasn't at CES, but it, it, it you know it came up this week, and it's an Xbox rumor, so I figured you know we might as well you know bring it up. Uh, but you know more Xbox or Xbox rumors uh, regarding the uh, specs of the next Xbox, the next generation Xbox, and these don't these are not anger-inducing specs, unlike some of the stuff that we've heard before. Uh, so, hey guys, here's just a complete bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the the rumor is that the next Xbox will house an eight core CPU, customized AMD 8800 series GPU, and pack eight gigs of RAM. Which that's for for a next gen console, that's believable. Like that, those specs can run what I run right now. You know, so that's believable for me in terms of a next-gen console uh now i would with those specs though i would kind of expect that the target price for the next xbox is going to be between is going to be between 400 to 500 dollars i don't think they're going to try to come in really cheap i think it's going to kind of what we saw in you know 2005 2006 four to five or three well you know but you know four to that sounds believable to me. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, I mean, basically, like, yeah, it sounds believable. And, I mean, it, that could mean it's still bullshit because, you know, it's just now that we're we're getting plausible rumors that are just bullshit. But at least it's not like, oh, that's really, like, yeah. the, the stuff we were hearing before was just ludicrous. I mean, really. like, it, yeah, so At least now it's like, okay believable okay moving on with life like <laughs> I, don't, I don't know it's like it's nothing that's crazy you know like nothing that really like stands out to me that's like oh my god that's gonna be amazing because you know it's it's just specs but at least they're talking like a real on disc you know real hard disk drive and stuff like that whereas before it was like it'll it'll come with a flash guy you know flash for four for four gigs or something it's like that, get the fuck out of here <laughs> not for not for like next next gen get out no Come on, right. but yeah, at least yeah. now it's plausible. Exactly. So also, this is like it's supposed to come with a 640 gigabyte hard drive, which is also believable, seeing how cheap you can get a terabyte drive. 
Yeah. You know, as long as it has platters, that is. Not is solid it? state's fucking expensive. Well, yeah, solid state's a whole different ballgame. It is fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. No, it's awesome, but expensive. Expensive, <laughs> yeah. I, I put a solid state into this machine, and like where it used to take me, I don't know, like 15 seconds, 10, 15 seconds over Photoshop. Photoshop opens like a second now. And I have a friend who puts games on a solid state, and he says they load so fast. Problem is, he's in a he's like in a server before other people get there. How is that a problem? It's a problem because he's sitting there by himself while while people load into the game. Well, well, can you like pick him off though? Like as soon as they log in, then because that, that's not fun, Nick. <laughs> you know, you, you can only take joy from killing somebody if they actually can fight back a little, or if you get paid for it. Or if you get paid for it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, we'll see. I, you know, the Michael, the time for the new Xbox uh, official announcement has to be coming up soon. A lot of people believe it's going to be at E3 uh, this year, as long as well as the new PlayStation. So, I don't know. I think you know, as we get closer, we're going to start to hear more and more plausible rumors. One one question that I that this kind of raises for me. Because um, the one thing the article points out is that uh, you know the eight gigs of RAM is compared to the Wii U's two gigs of RAM. Is what exactly are we going to see as far as a, sort of the 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 end of life for the Wii U? Because if, if it almost, I mean, we've we've already kind of established we kind of know that the Wii U is basically on par with the current consoles. And I mean, to, to see that you know four four times the amount of RAM, you, you know, allegedly. Uh, it really, I mean, I think it really underscores just how far, and just how, how far far advanced the you know you know presumably uh, Sony and, and Microsoft are going to be in the next round, and it makes me want it makes me almost wonder that that Nintendo has to know that like the Wii U can't compete with these consoles. Well, I think we're beyond the point of them even trying, though. I, I really yeah. don't think that I, I think that Nintendo is still like but, just sauntering down this weird twisty path off to the right you know leaning to the right a little bit and just they don't they don't care no but i i i I, I agree with that to an extent but i think we we always see you know we always tend to see you know a lot of the major releases are released on multiple consoles and i just it's almost to the point now where i i can't fathom the same game being released on the Wii U and uh, you know the Xbox and the PlayStation. Yeah, I don't be, think that's gonna be, happen be, because it's 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 just they're just so vastly different. In oh yeah, the, the yeah, it's a gulf that's you can't really surpass. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be like it was for this generation. It's gonna be like, oh hey, you remember what Call of Duty looks like on Wii? Like neither do I because you know <laughs> they they eventually did get around to putting it on there, but. I mean, seriously, like, it's not even comparable, so, yeah. Right, yeah, like, once the new consoles drop, I don't see a lot of cross-platform releases um, hitting the Wii U. Um, but if you think about it, the Wii U has four times the has four times the uh, the RAM of current consoles. Yeah. Sure. They yeah. do, yeah, because each, you know, PS3, Xbox 360 have, like, around 512, so. I don't know. So- Go ahead. No, no, so you're so you're saying then we're seeing a 16, or no, no, a 32. We're seeing a, like a, a, or no, you said the Wii, the Wii U is four times current consoles, yeah, and then that's four. Okay, yeah, so it's 16. So from like the PlayStation 3 to the PlayStation 4 would be about a 16, or I should say the Xbox, but it's about a 16 factor incre- incre- increment. Oh my God, we're in the new 16 bit era. 
<laughs> you guys are throwing numbers around. I'm just like, it's good. It's good. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> just, we'll leave it at that. I thought this was the math cast. No, sorry. Wilson walked in the wrong room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Microsoft also, they did make an announcement at CES regarding a new... I don't know what you really want to call technology. it. Yeah, it's a technology. Laughable? Yeah, it's uh, it's fucking uh, okay. But before we get into it, I'm gonna explain what this before thing he is. gets all sad about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is called the Illumin Room, and basically what it does is it's in conjunction with your Xbox 360, your Connect, and a projector that you get from somewhere. <laughs> okay, and while you know you have the game on the main screen the projector will project on everything else around it the rest of the world that you necessarily don't see on the screen in the show notes there's going to be a video for it and i get it i get the concept it's supposed to be more immersive but what the fuck like like <laughs> This is this is in the Microsoft R and D department right now. I guess they're just showing it as like a, you know a proof of concept. They were showing it as a proof of concept. I should I should uh, say like it's not necessarily coming out, and I don't think it really ever should come out because it, it it's kind of dumb. Like for, first of all, it's distracting in <laughs> yeah, the same way yeah. that a virtual boy was distracting. Yeah, actually, I think it's kind of worse. I, well, I feel, yeah, and sorry, oh, yeah. At least the virtual boy was limited to the fucking goggles you were looking <laughs> exactly. through. Exactly. It wasn't like I'm trying to look at the TV, but there's shit going on all around it. I don't yeah, know. like it's, it's, it's very impractical. It's super impractical. Is what it really is. It's like for example, I, I I was talking to somebody about this. Like I bought a 37 inch TV to play my games on for a reason because I like having that tight like feel like you know I have I have a bigger TV but I enjoy playing my games on that size screen because everything like I can see everything at one time and I don't have shit all over the place you know with this one it's kind of like your screen ex- has exploded out the back and fucking everything is everywhere yeah it's all over your walls and your floor like it's basically in the entire room in front of you. Like if you're looking at your TV, like it, it's you know the entire wall almost. Yeah. But it's not like I mean it is projection, but it's it's more disorienting than that because it does like it stretches like to the floor. It'll show things that are on the floor, like the floor you're walking on, and extends to the ceiling, like to a certain extent to show you know to show to show the stuff that's up. But it's it's just like it doesn't. <laughs> Like with the Connect, like when when the Connect was coming out, and it was like you need exactly this many feet of space to be able to use your Connect, and most people are like, I don't have that much fucking room. Like you know, what normal person has this amount of room specifically in like their living room or whatever to just jump kick around and stuff like that. And this is kind of the same thing. Like who has you know a wall mounted TV against a perfectly white flat wall, you know, with nothing else around it. And even then, it would still be disorienting. Well, it's still going to hit your floor. It's still going to hit your ceiling. That who too. has a projector that they're not using? If you have a projector, you don't have a TV. If you have a TV, you don't have a projector. 
you could have a projector in one room and a TV in another, and then you know you can just move the TV into the room with the projector. Why Fuck would that. you do that? Then you'll have it Either one of those things: moving the projector to the TV room or moving the TV to the projector room are both fucking retarded, <laughs> and everybody knows it. This is this is one of those things. I could very easily see them releasing this, but I think your your point is valid that very few people would actually have the ability to use this. It's. Although I'm I'm a, little, I'm a little surprised, at least from a gameplay ex- perspective, you don't acknowledge at least like I mean fundamentally it's giving you peripheral vision in a game so that like I if you're was, playing I want to bring that up but go ahead you know if you're playing like a shooter for example like you you miss, you know you've got your focus which is the TV but hey you know you see something on your bookshelf moving so you can turn and okay maybe you know the whole room kind of rotating might be disorienting but you know you can turn and you're you know focused on the screen and then the screen will show you the guy that was hiding now, you know in your bookcase now in your TV that you can then shoot i think i think there is some practicality there but the yeah, but, to get to that is is a bit ludicrous but that's the thing is that like what you just said is not practical Though your natural tendency when you see something, especially on something that large, like let's say, you know, for example, I'm looking at a picture here and there's a guy with a gun on the TV and in the background on your wall, there's a building. So let's say you see somebody up in the building. Your natural tendency is to move your head and look at the building, whereas in the game, like it, that really doesn't, you actually have to turn yourself that way. See, right. this the fun- way the game kind of works the way that it does is because you're not looking at it. You can maybe hear, you you see, you know, a, a visual indicator that you're getting damaged or something like that. Exactly. But you don't actually see because, yeah, you just see you would just look. And if they could ha- and you know have something with the connect where you looked and it moved, then we're talking something different. Oh man, Dude, you have to get like a head brace while you well, play, so you don't not, move. Not, not even, not even, not even, because we're we're gonna talk talk later about uh, Gabe Newell's interview, and one of the things he mentions is working on sort of eye tracking. That's true. Biometrics. And so if, if so if if I mean so maybe this is sort of you know one part of a package. Once we can finally get eye tracking involved, and hey, you know all of a sudden, well, but then that becomes tricky now because your eye moves to the wall, but the TV follows your eye. So then all of a sudden the object you were looking at moved to the TV. Right. So then you got to look back, and it's like this is that center point just a dead zone? But yeah, it yeah it gets kind of complicated. Yeah, that, that's, I, I, like I, I feel like this is really just I. I don't even feel like they really should have shown this, except that, you know, I guess that they, you know, are just like, here, here's some cool shit because it is at CES. I mean, that's what they do. But it's like nothing about it is practical in any way, shape or form yet. It could be. It could be something cool in the future. Don't get me wrong. I think that this could turn into some interesting technology. You could just, you know, package some little box projector that costs, you know, almost nothing and have it interact with the, the connect in a way. But right now like just as the the things that you would need right now in order to make it work and even then it still wouldn't work so it's like then what's the point but isn't that what microsoft does at ces like didn't Uh, a few years ago they show off like a a a table that was basically like a giant tablet and then you could you know they actually still they produce those like they are a lot there are actually quite a few places in the world that use that technology yeah government thing facilities and government facilities banks like i forget there's actually a bank in europe that uses that type of that surface to do transactions. That's cool. Like, I mean, yeah, they, no, it's and that, like, see, that is actually has applications. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Maybe the problem is we're we're looking at this from a gaming filter, and if we actually think about it, maybe if you've got you know a dedicated space where you've basically got a giant white room with a TV that you need, want to focus on, and you can follow it around, maybe there's some practical application we're not thinking of. Well, this thing like when they showed that. Like that 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 table technology. Like the first demo I saw was for gambling, 
where somebody uh-huh. like you know they were playing cards on it and then like you know somebody could put like a credit card down on the table and then the table reads the credit card so they can get more money or you know they put their glass down and it was empty so it automatically orders in more drinks and stuff like that <sighs> you know like that like that you know it, they showed the practicality there this they really they're really not the only thing that i guess uh, is maybe overlooked is the fact that the w- the way the connect actually works with this thing is that it does a survey of the room you're in and based on the That's you know true. the shape of the room and what's in the room what's not free space all that stuff that's how it determines how it projects to you. Yeah, because I did show like the first couple of like scenes of it are like it's just projected on the floor basically. It's just like here, like you're walking past these like glowing light things on the floor and they extend out past the TV, you know, as if you're walking around them into your room. And it's not until later when it's like, oh, here's the whole fucking wall of just throw up on your you know throw up video on your wall explosion. it is throw up video on the wall <laughs> it is. Like, that's what it looks like like i mean and maybe it's also like you know the generic type game that they're showing the other disorienting thing is the fact that they're using a shooter for it and i like i know shooters are so ubiquitous and everything but the the problem is that you see the shooter but like on the tv you, you see the guy you see your hand holding the gun and in you know shaking you know moving and stuff like that and looking around shooting things but when it starts doing the thing where it extends past the tv it's not like it extends past the tv and you get any more of the body or anything like that it just extends past the tv and pretends that anything past you know where that little bottom right corner where your gun is like nothing past that exists it's just the the environment so it's super disorienting because it's like your place marker for yourself is just so tiny that it's not like you can you even feel like you have much of a physical space in the world when it's just your TV and you and your and your you have your you know your first person view in the corner you and you're inhabiting an actual space but with it all exploded out from the TV it's like you're just floating around in the middle of the environment with just this little like kind of square of yourself you know square arm part of the gun it's weird. It's just really, it's weird to look at. Like much less, I couldn't imagine sitting down and trying to play it. Right. This is just gonna maybe be it's that. made for other games. You know, maybe like a Mario game or something. Well, the, 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 the race, the, the racing game, which I believe is actually a Linux game. Um, but the racing game that they show, maybe that's something that might be a little more intuitive because with the, you know with a right. shooter where you can actually move your viewpoint, you know you're fixed on a you have a fixed point for where you're focused with the racer. So you know maybe you see something out of your peripheral vision. Oh, that's another racer. Your head can look over there, but your car is still going to be where your car to, is. Right. You don't necessarily. So if, you know, so something like that that might be a little more, uh, you know that that might be a little more uh, I guess uh, intuitive for the application. That yeah, that makes a lot more sense actually. Yeah, I'll I think probably. maybe they did just pick the worst possible genre. To, to <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna skip it. <laughs> just, just like connect. Well, one, I don't have the room for it. Two, I don't have a projector. <laughs> Three, they haven't really announced that it's coming out or anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just saying I would skip it <laughs> if okay. it did come yeah, out. No, it's there's my it's, vote, it's Microsoft. Ridiculously impractical. It's like yeah. I have a connect, but it's like at least the connect gets some sort of use. That, yeah. That, I would just be mad at it all the time. And yeah. if there was light in the room, like you're trying to, play, you couldn't play it during, you couldn't use it during the day. Well, you'd have mom, to like, you're getting in my way. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> well, your mom can stand there. She just has to freeze because once the game maps her, it'll just project around her. That's true. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> project on her. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, moving on from that wonderful technology. 
Uh, NVIDIA also showed uh, something new uh, called the NVIDIA Shield, which it's basically, it's a control, it's a, it's a screen strapped onto a controller, pretty much, more eloquently, of course. It does look like something I can make in my garage, though. <laughs> but it's basically, it's called the Shield because when you close it, it kind of looks like a shield. Uh, but it's a uh, it's a screen that's strapped onto a uh, that's connected to a controller, and the uh, the device itself runs Android, and so it's I guess it will be optimized for Android games, uh, but it can also stream games from your PC to the device, and it has HDMI output. So, uh, technically speaking, you can stream games from your computer connect it to your TV with a standard controller and play that way if you want to. Which I guess is, it's, it's fine. Like, I don't really have anything bad to say about it. One, because we don't have all that much information about it. I know it does use the Tegra 4 chipset. So, especially for Android games, it can run those just fine and produce some powerful graphics. But, I don't know, in terms of practical Cality. I mean, it is kind of small. I mean, for me, I guess I can carry it because I carry. I take a book bag to work, <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's definitely not going to replace your iPhone or anything like that. But I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just having a hard time placing it in the market because, like, if it's a if it's an Android device, I would imagine most of the games that you're going to be playing are going to be available on other Android devices. So why would you put it on this? Um, with this and the Oya coming out, Oya coming out, I don't know how many developers are like, oh yeah, I'm going to develop a game for the Shield. You know? Yeah. I, if they, if they, if they did it differently, I guess, like not having it set up as like, here, this is one unit type thing. Like if it really was like fucking snap your smartphone on top of this and now it's connected and you can play your games on it. Like and it's and if it's Tegra Four, you're looking forward to the next you know next generation of what what smartphones will come out or what the next you know internals will be for it. Yeah. And and then you're talking something completely different, which is you know what we've been you know what has been rumored, what has been bandied about so much that you know smartphones taking over console gaming. It's like then you might actually be on to something if you have you know some way for the the controller to charge the the smartphone while you're while you're why you have it hooked up to a TV take your smartphone off and go about your business after that you know when you're done playing like it then you then you are transforming stuff like but it's sold as a single unit that's only you know use is really to just i mean you can play it by itself but you're really just looking to hook it up like it's supposed to be a home console it's just tiny yeah like it doesn't fit anywhere like if you were trying to make it modular and say, put this is a this is what we've developed. You you know has HDMI out to TV and all this. Put you can put you know your your iPhone. You can put your Android on it, and then you can play it on TV. Suddenly you're talking a different race because now you've gotten past the major hurdle on those games, which is the controller, the whole control thing. But that's not what's being discussed. Well, I so think it's kind of weird. Yeah. Well, I think, I think outside of the fact that it's running Android, though, I don't think it's really intended to be – I mean, it's mobile, but I don't think it, – it, it's, it's, it, 
it's not quite a smartphone. It, it really, it kind of feels like it's, it's a console that you happen that happens to have its own screen. So you can take it with you. If you're, you know, you're almost kind of like the Vita where the Vita allows you to kind of take your PlayStation three game with you on the go. Now it's like, well, here, I've got my, you know, my console, which is the controller plugged into my TV. Oh, Hey, now I gotta go. Well, the controller has a screen. So now I can just, you know, get up and go and take it with me. So I, I think it's it's because I mean then you, you, it's Nvidia making this so you figure it's gonna be top of the line mobile graphics I mean that probably that's, I mean I don't have any I don't have anything bad to say about it it just, it just feels out of place yeah because even like as a portable thing like how portable is that really and like when you can carry your smartphone around like then why would you because it. it it kind of is. It's like a Vita or like a you know or a smartphone, like basically glued to a controller. Like that's how it was described, at least. So yeah. I just I, I I have a hard time figuring out. Like yeah, like if it's not a detachable sort of you know multifaceted thing, then eh? personally, I, don't know. I think they should have teamed up with somebody on this. Yeah. Like they should have like teamed up with Nintendo on, on this. Mm-hmm. And that would have probably been something incredible, you know? But yeah, now, I'm sure they're probably trying not to limit themselves, though. I mean, putting yourself just Android, I mean, yeah. although iOS is, you know, very closed, but I, I think that they're trying not to limit themselves by, like, you know, partic- partnering themselves with a particular, you know, if you partnered yourself with, with, with Nintendo, suddenly it's not really a game, you know, it's not a separate game console changing things or providing something new in the space. It's just another, like, kind of almost an accessory for Wii or Wii U. Well, I mean, well, do you consider the 3DS an accessory for the Wii U? No, but, I mean, that's the, but that's still the, you know, the train of thought that you end up on because you don't think of the 3DS as a home console either, though, because... Right, well, I don't consider this a home console either. Well, but, but that's their intention, in a sense. It feels like they're trying to. It's it's. Well, it feels, it feels like, like they're trying to straddle a line, but they are definitely trying to yeah, straddle a line because it looks and the form factor feels like it's supposed to be mobile, right? But it has, when you yeah, the the biggest yeah. features like you know like I mean to be honest, I mean there's not many Android games that I'm gonna sit at home and play. Uh, the biggest feature that it has is the streaming of the PC stuff, and that's supposed to be in like in your home. But that feels to me a lot like how like the PlayStation 2 originally could play all the PlayStation games. So this way, at first, there's no real market for for Android games that use the controller that you want that you want to play on your TV. But then, because so, this thing exists, people start developing. It, it, exactly, exactly. So first, you know, at first you stream Chicken all your egg. PC games, and then then once it's got enough of an install base, people will start making for that. Because now between this and the Ouya, and uh, what was it? I think there there actually is another device. I think like you were talking about that you plug your phone into, and it's a controller. I think there there there's this almost this groundswell of android products that are almost begging for you know and I'm, I'm using air quotes here like legitimate games that require a console or not a console a controller and so i think is i mean as long as all the controllers adhere to the standard you know you know directional pad on the left buttons on the right i think you know i, I can't imagine to be too hard to release something for the ouya and then also for the shield and people might actually have a choice as far as which console they want yeah i mean i, I guess that's I guess that's well. It is a good thing. Um, I guess it's just hard to. I guess I shouldn't say embrace, but imagine what good is really going to come out of that with the way the current ecosystem is. Right, and um, I think that 
I think that even just the the fact that you know you're like I don't you know I see it as mobile and I'm like I see it as home console like you know intending to be more like home con- home console just kind of exemplifies that it straddles a weird weird gap and people are going to look at it and see two different things like I couldn't really see just wandering around with that thing yeah, but, you know but, and trying to play it mobile and but you don't see sitting at home and playing Android stuff on your TV so it's like it it, it kind of fits wherever somebody wants it to I guess but. It still right. it doesn't really fit any particular place very well, or like you look at that and that's where that fits at, look least, at, so- at first. But, but look at something like the Ouya or or uh, or the piston, which we'll get to, which is it's 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 so tiny in in the design because they've gotten rid of the, the you know the 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 disc, the disc drive that takes up a lot of space. They you know they they've gotten they've gotten the form factor down where to attach a screen and the control. I mean, the controller is probably the biggest thing on, the, on on a lot of those consoles. And so, you know, if you duct tape the whole thing together, basically that's the shield. And it, it, it almost seems like we're getting to the point where the form factor for, you know, console power, you know, console powerful graphics, you know, as long as you remove the media, you can, it, 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 it doesn't make sense to make it stationary. There's no need to. It's, it, it's too, it's tiny enough that you can just throw it, you know, right in with the controller and make it mobile. So well, even if this, this generation, I think, I think going forward, I, th- I think, uh, I think we're, we're, we're crossing a threshold here that, that there's enough processing power and stuff that we can take with us that the, that the games will, will be fine. I mean, all we have to do is plug them into the TV. That's it. I don't think so. Cause I don't like with cu- with cutting to edge technology. Like what cutting edge technology, like in terms of power, like straight up power, has gotten smaller over the last, let's say, eight years since the consoles came out. Well, no, cutting edge technology doesn't. Because I mean, it, 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 it's cutting edge, it's always, always going to be using the most power that it can. Well, like, that's what, that's what I was trying to get at. With yeah. you know the the current standard is it's a low standard because the technology is is 8 years old or yeah, you know, I mean, yeah but, when, but but when when cutting it what's cutting edge now is 8 years old it'll fit in a form factor like this exactly when it's yeah. 8 years old so it'll so it'll always lag it'll always lag behind what's current but it'll still be good enough for the time right but i think like times are getting ready to change with the new consoles or at least they should be you see what I'm saying? Like, well, it, well, no, I, I, I agree. Oh, I agree. Times are getting ready to change. I mean, when was the last time we saw? Well, I mean, when was the last time we we've seen what we just had the Wii U launch? We're already talking about the next round of of the Xbox and PlayStation, and now we've got at least three or four more consoles here. I mean, even CES. When was the last time CES was this relevant from a gaming perspective? That's true. You know, what? I, I honestly, I think a lot of this revolves around what Sony and Microsoft do with their new console launches. If they release consoles, if they that, flub that, then yeah, exactly. If they flub that, like if Microsoft comes out with some fluffy shit, you know, and and then like you know, it's not that. It's let's say it's not that powerful or that not that much powerful than the 360 for whatever reason. Let's say they want to make it affordable and make it so that a bunch of people can get it, and they don't make it, you know, so that there's a huge a big difference, and you know, in terms of graphical power, how the games are played. Then yes, I think devices like this are gonna you know, really take off because then the option is feasible. But if Microsoft or Sony comes out with some incredible devices or incredible machines, you know, that we see for the next gen consoles, these things will kind of be like, they'll be, you know, the size stuff that you get, you know, but that could be your main game machines. But that's still a huge market because especially if these things are hitting around, say like a $99 price point, like the Ouya is trying to hit. 
I mean, that's I mean, that, that that's a huge market to hit. Everybody, everybody who would be, you know, presumably be able to afford, you know, if you can afford the, what, the $500 outlay for the next generation top of the line console, at that point, you probably also have the expendable income to afford another $100 at that point. Well, I'm not saying it's going to flop. No, I'm no, but I'm, I, I know, but I'm, I'm what I'm saying is, in a way, they've grown the market because, and I think you can almost trace this back to the Wii, how a lot of people had either a PlayStation or Xbox and a Wii. Now, this is sort of really like this is sort of like the, the children of the Wii, in that like this is going to be sort of the general the general consumable gaming for people because everybody's familiar with Android, everybody has a Droid, and so. Or, you know, or a droid or even similar enough to the iPhone that they they understand the concept of the marketplace and they're they're putting a controller on it. So this is sort of the casual gaming aspect. And it almost seems in a way like the consoles are going to become a little more hardcore in that regard. Okay, I can, I can kind of see that. Actually, there was an article that came out a couple of weeks ago on Games Industry. I was talking about just that thing. And that was one of the weeks where we were doing an interview so we didn't talk about it. But yeah, I can see consoles becoming more of a, of a, you know, less of a casual thing, more of a hardcore uh gaming thing but still though like well not even say i shouldn't say the hardcore but at least i say the core in general you know people who want a game will get a console whereas people who just got a wii for wii sports wouldn't necessarily shell out the money right you get get each one of the particular things for a particular experience depending on what you're looking for like if you're looking for you know a, a specific you know like a death match you know on online pvp type you know gameplay experience then you'd run to you know ps4 or xbox 720 or whatever but if you're looking for a wii sports type thing it's like well you have wii u and whatever else right yeah like basically what i'm just trying to say is like something like this i don't think it's going to change the landscape so much that it puts consoles in like any type of danger or takes that many you know, that much from consoles that it becomes, I don't want to say a threat that, you know, it just changed how, you know, changes how developers develop. Like, you know, I don't think it's going to do what the Wii did to gaming. Which is, no. I don't, that's the thing. I don't think devices like this are going to, are going to do what the Wii did, do like, you know, what the Wii did to gaming and change how games are developed. Now every console has some type of motion technology, you know, stuff like that. No, I think I think this is just I think this is more it's taking that niche that the Wii created of, of you know, you know, like, you know, everybody's mother and their grandmother had a Wii. You know, I think this is kind of the thing where you might see like, oh, you know, like my grandma's got an Ouya because she likes to play Angry Birds on her TV sometimes. And at least when I go over grandma's house, I can play whatever, you know, more top of the line game that's available for the Ouya is there. You know, I think I think that's the that's kind of the niche that this is heading for, and I think it's not that any one any one of these consoles is going to change gaming, but the fact that we've got so many coming at once that's a sign that something has changed already. Just the fact that we 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 we've crossed some kind of threshold. I don't know. I just think it's the the time, the fact that the consoles have they're old and they're way overdue for a refresh but they yes, sweat every drop of life and but then there is mo- that but and- they were the but they were the only game in town too i mean like even though you had three of them i mean like they were you were i mean aside from the wii being the wii you were basically looking at more or less the same experience between like say an xbox and and a ps3 you know fanboy should aside from you know game, you know the online gaming services and all that stuff like you were basically getting the same experience like that that was it I mean, what else were you going to do except for PC game, which even that, to a certain extent, kind of the same, you know, 
the same core demographic market. Like I think now it's just that you you hit a point where maybe it's just a and and almost an acknowledgement that there are more gamers now and that they're they're what they like and dislike is so divergent from each other that now you need all of these options. Like not just because like something needs to dominate, but because you need all these options to just satisfy like but, the how wide it's gotten. But to, to say that there's more gamers now, like there's always been those studies that have said like, oh, actually, it's like half of all women play games because if you account like all the people that play solitaire at work, like, you know, on, on some fundamental level, that's a game again with air quotes, even though that's not something that we would consider. But sort of, you know, with like the evolution of Angry Birds in, in, into this, it's sort of taking those, you know, those those, you know, gamers you know, that it's actually kind of getting them into a more standard console-esque model, even though this isn't fundamentally what we would call, you know, one of the main consoles, like, you know, the Xbox or the right. PlayStation. Eventually, like, you, yeah, you can, you, in a sense, you can start people on, like, sort of a, not an evolution, that, that's kind of like, I don't know, maybe the wrong word for it, but it, it gives people, like, more of, like, I guess, like a, a starting off point. It makes, it's almost like, I don't know, a kid grows up with a, a computer, so a computer's not scary to them, like, technology isn't scary to them. But, you know, you have somebody that's never played a console game before, and you try and hand them a controller to say, hey, just, you know, just play Street Fighter or something, and they're just lost. Like, you know, you introduce them with this new console, with something that they understand, and then suddenly, now, later, or, or you know, in a couple of years, other consoles, or, or the PS4, or the 720 look like just another thing with different games and it's like well maybe that is now maybe something i could play because now i'm not afraid basically of of a controller of of you know of of what of what that means because i've played stuff and i understand it now and i don't know i don't i don't know where we're going with this <laughs> i don't know where they're going with this <laughs> 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 oh, he's absolved himself of this situation. That's, well, that's the thing. Like, like, like I said in the beginning, like it feels it can go in so many different directions. It feels out of place. That's my big my, my thing is just it seems like almost like a big bang. Like we're it's everything is divergent now, and there's just a lot of options for everybody that you can pick your niche and then sit in it without having to be like, oh, I can only play on smartphone or whatever. Now everybody can sit in front of their TV and play something. You know, I've heard Jarrett call this an ecosystem, and I keep thinking of, like, after, you know, like, one of those, like, ecological booms where suddenly you see a large diversity in, like, plant and animal life, and then... It, you know, there's a whole ton of different animals, and then all of a sudden you get some kind of extinction event, and then it gets cut down, and you see who the survivors are. And I almost feel like where this is the beginning of that boom period where we're going to have a lot of these consoles. I think part of the thing is that I think Android and and PC you know, part prices are so cheap that to develop a, a relatively you know cheap console, the the barrier to entry has become so low now it's not that hard. I mean, you know, Nvidia, you know, they do the graphics part. That's probably the hardest part of any console, and so. I think we've got so many, you know, it, we've got so many consoles at, at such a cheap price. I think it's going to be interesting in, in two or three years to see who shakes out of this and what's left standing. Because I could very, I, I almost feel like I forget who it was that said that like one of like one of the big three won't be around for the next generation. And I almost feel like this is kind of the same situation that set up Sony effectively knocking Sega out. Yeah, well, that's the, well, you know, knocking Sega thinking, out. talking about like, yeah, the, the direction we've gone in, like now I'm thinking and it's like, in a sense, like we've kind of, we, it, it got talked about a little bit when you start, you know, when you started seeing so much shovelware on the Wii, uh, when, you know, 
you started seeing less exclusives on things and it's like, well, where's all the stuff for, for Xbox? But, you know, they still have Xbox Live and then Sony's screwing up and then they're resurging a little bit. And then it's like, oh, we just kind of flopping out there. But it's like, in a sense, we've almost been overdue or at least in a way it, it, it has felt like it. And maybe it's just because the console cycle was so long, but it, it almost seemed like we were overdue for like a video game crash. And yeah. maybe this is not the start of it. Like it, it's like a, it's for right now, we're going to have like the short little golden age where there's so many things out there, but all of those things maybe just can't survive in the long term. And yeah, like you eventually see who's left because there's an extinction event, but like we see another crash and I, and maybe it's more of a controlled crash. It's not like, yeah, fuck it. Nobody's buying games anymore at all. But it's a control crash. Like we can't keep up with as many things as you guys keep making because right. it's only going to get more. It's only going to get more silly with how many things keep coming out. Right. You know, as more things try and enter the living room. If there's a crash with anything, I think it's going to be of Android devices. One because of the fragment fragmentation issue. Right. But two because you're right. It, like, well, both of you are right. It, it everybody's coming out with their own Android powered thing. You know, and the thing is, like, basically the way it, it works in gaming, I mean, it's not like with, with the rest of the technology, like, you know, I have a Samsung charge, Rob, you have whatever phone you have, Nick, you have whatever phone you have, and it's whatever, because we all use our phones independently. When you do gaming with other people, you know, typically, you know, you talk, you, you know, especially with gaming. Uh, or with the younger people, you talk to your friends like, oh, I have, let's say I have the shield, and let's say somebody comes out with something else called whatever. So the person's like, well, should I get the whatever or should I get the shield? Well, no, get the shield. <laughs> you know, because I have the shield. Because I have it, and I and and this is a social experience. Exactly. Espe- well, especially now. So the thing is, you know, there'll be these devices around. I, I, I don't think, in, in this fight, I don't think NVIDIA is going to win it. Because, one, like, NVIDIA... When do they have to advertise? Like, you know, we know who NVIDIA are because we're kind of, like, in the system. We all do, we all do PC gaming. But outside of the PC spectrum, like, how many people know who NVIDIA, like, really is or really know them or, you know, know what the name actually means besides just hearing it? You know what I'm saying? I think they're going to have a problem, like, with, the, you know, getting their name out there and getting people to really pick this thing up. Unless it's just so incredible when they start showing demos, you know, to other people. Yeah, I almost feel like it doesn't. I almost feel like it wouldn't matter because it's like, I mean, it's a really short conversation. It's like, oh, who the hell's Nvidia? They want to do all those, you know, graphics cards for computers. Oh, okay, conversation's over. I mean, like, you know, you ever see all those crazy graphics on computer? Oh yeah, them. They make that stuff. Oh well, they're doing a console. I don't know. I think that's kind of a short conversation. I think that they're they're around enough that it's like you may not know, you know, a layman may not know every model of card or whatever what the newest form factor is for you know their latest graphics card and their tessellation or whatever the bullshit but they'll understand like they make pretty graphics cards for computers and they're kind of like the main dog right now so i don't that's, know it, that's, i, I still don't think they even asked the question that's that's also true well, but <laughs> I, I, I just i don't even know if it gets to that point because it's like i don't i don't really think it's about like a, a winning anymore i mean like their company is they're all they're all trying to just push everybody else out and make all the money but i don't think it's about winning at this point because i don't i, I just think that there's some stuff is going to fail but it's not so much that anything is going to walk in the space and just put you know put its boot heel on everybody else's throat like immediately like i don't think that anything is gonna drop jaws that that like that much like there's at least gonna be 
something that contends with you know there, there's always at least two it's like it's like kind of the opposite of highlander like there there must always be two like there there's there's nintendo you know there's atari and then you have you know an apple you have you know nintendo and sega and then you have sony and it, it, like there's always two there it's like there it's like a rule of two with, with video game stuff in a sense and then now we've eventually gotten to a rule of three which means at some point you know, somebody's got to get beheaded, but whatever. Like, there, there will be back to two. Other stuff will do okay. Some stuff will just flat out fail. But I feel like there's not just going to be one dominant. Like, I feel like there's always going to be a pair because, I don't know, maybe people just feel the need to have something that somebody else doesn't have so they can set themselves against them or something. Maybe it's a fanboy thing. I don't yeah, know. I don't want to be a conformist. Yeah. <laughs> you're sheeple. You're using, <laughs> you're using blank console. You're using the whatever. I have the shield. You're all a bunch of sheeple, you know. Yeah. Um, I am shielded against your sheepleness. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, we need more information. We kind of need to see what they're going to offer coming out the gate and when they're looking to launch. And like I said earlier, I really think the success of these of devices like this really depend on what Microsoft and Sony do. Oh no! Absolutely. I mean, if they if they come out with something and they they've they act like they're, you know, actually playing in a new, you know, new generation, new technology, you know, not bleeding edge necessarily, but because, you know, it still needs to be affordable, but, right. you know, playing, playing for keeps, basically, yeah, right. not, not screwing around with a whole bunch of bullshit, you know, and trying to, you know, get away with doing less like we, you did, uh, then, yeah, we're, we're looking at a different situation because you're not going to have people's eyes straying then, you know, right. They're not going to be looking for this. Yeah. If people have stuck with this shit for eight years that we have right now, we're still we're still booting up our PS3s and our 360s. It, yeah, there's a certain amount of loyalty there that we'll wait and see what they have, and it's <laughs> only after they fuck up so hard that that's irredeemable that maybe we will look for something else. <laughs> you know, all I'm gonna say is I don't see any of these Android consoles hooking up to a projector and shining all over your room. And Thank God. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Winner. You know what? They might have a one. They may have a one up then. <laughs> if that's going to be the new goddamn feature for the 720 or something, then they have a leg up. Yeah, I didn't think we we're going to talk that long about the shield. I was kind of like, yeah, shield, yeah, whatever. But I think <laughs> it's because it segues into like uh, they're all kind of connected. I mean, we really yeah. should have just went ahead and talked about the Steam Box too. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's our last topic for today. The Steam Box. Um, I guess I'll just lay it down some some information that we have, some official information regarding the steam box first of all the by default it's going to be linux enabled and when i first saw that that they chose linux to work with the steam box or use the steam box i was kind of like that is really going to cut the usefulness down because now i can't use my my steam library which would be my biggest reason for getting it but um actually an interview with uh with gabe which we'll talk about a little bit in, in a minute uh, he did say that if you want to, you can install Windows on the machine, and there's not going to be any type of roadblocks for you. So basically, um, it's just a computer with a small form factor. Actually, it's a modular computer from this company called XI3, called the Piston, pretty much. Um, what was if, that, Nick? If, if and I this is just like the first of many different potential types that's right? exa- exactly that's kind of what i want to really ask because i think gabe was a little coy when they asked like is the piston the steam box and i don't think he quite gave a straight answer he was i think he was just kind of like just you know you'll see what we do 
And so I think we might be jumping the gun a little bit and sort of saying like the the, the piston is it's, what he was talking about. Because it, you know it almost sounds to me like XI3 went ahead and they were just like, hey, we – we, we can run Steam on a PC. We can build a really tiny modular PC. We'll call it Piston because it's vaguely Steam-related. And, you know, we'll set it to hook up. It's almost like there's nothing – like the parts are so ubiquitous. There's nothing stopping anybody from making their own Steam box. And they just happen to be the first out of the gate. Yeah, I think the, it's more it's more appropriate to refer to it as a Steam box yes, as opposed yes. to the Steam box. Because in the interview, he actually does say that, you know, like we're – you know, why – you know, there was rumors that – that uh, the, the Steam Box, you know, Valve would be tightly controlled on the Steam Box and blah, blah, blah. And he's talking about all the different partners they're working with and that basically, you know, he's thinking like of a good, better, best situation where, you know, there can be a version of the Steam Box that's good, that has like certain things and then a better version and a best version, but not necessarily because they're just made by Valve and like, you know, a tiered thing kind of like what Microsoft does or what Sony does, but that because you work with different partners and they put together different things that, maybe satisfy different needs for different people it'll, so it'll, there's different steam boxes it basically sounds like he's maybe confusing but you know to yeah. some people, it's basically sounds like he's going to be a hardware agnostic console maker well I mean, that's something i was, I was going to kind of bring up um well first of all let's talk about let's talk about the piston and what modular computing actually is because you know in, in a pc you know, PCs are known because you can kind of swap out. You can swap out the parts, like swap out the RAM, swap out the graphics cards, and upgrade them. But with like a, a fully modular computer, like the motherboard itself is modular, so you can swap out the pro, like you know where you know the bus for the processor, not just the processor itself, but the bus for the processor. You can switch out the bus for the RAM. You can, uh, you know, swap out, you know, the the graphics card or the bus for the graphics card. Like the, the entire thing can come apart and come back together. So that whole thing about, you know, well, that I think we were talking about last week, Nick. Yeah. About, you know, the Steam Box needing to have modular parts. As long, maybe the, I don't know if they're going to allow you to change the parts or not, but if they do, that will be awesome because now you can just upgrade, you know, your cards and kind of keep up with, well, whatever technology works with that device. Um, now, the, the piston it, it, itself... Uh, like you said, like, you know, what, what Rob was saying, you can have, um, you know, multiple configurations of it. Actually, there's a video which you, you'll find in the show notes where the guy was talking about changing the functionality of it altogether. So there's your multiple, you know, Steam boxes, if you would. But the thing, the problem I think that comes into play with that is the whole point of having a console, well, not just the whole point, but the biggest advantage of console gaming is that everything is the same across the board. Like, if a game works on one, it's really going to it's gonna work on another. Like, developers don't have to develop for different, you know, unless, you, unless you're talking about, like, PS3 and Xbox 360, but if they're developing a the game for the 360, they really don't have to worry about, you know, uh, a whole bunch of different sets of hardware to deal with. When you're talking about modu- a modular console, um, you know with multiple partners we're not saying like you know nvidia or one partner is going to push out three different versions of the same graphics card you know they may be working with multiple partners to make different pieces like so let's say you want an ati graphics card or module you know module for this piece uh you can get one if you want an nvidia module for this piece you can get one then you have the different versions of the different chipsets that is going to lead to um 
the same problems we kind of run on PC, where certain games don't work, or with certain cards, or with certain driver sets, the performance is too different. Like, right now, I'm like, because I have a problem with Cry- oh, not Crisis, Far Cry 3, I can- the game's not even playable for me right now. I'd be super pissed if I paid for that game. But I can't, like, I can't even play the game right now because of, the, of an issue that they're having with my graphics cards. When I use, uh, um, what you call it, when I use Crossfire. But I think that, like, the, it, it kind of takes away one of the biggest advantages of having a console by having it that modular. That's what I was going to get at, Nick. No, but I, I think, to a degree, I think, if he if he's talking in terms of, you know, good, better, best, I mean, if you can keep, you know, you can make something modular, but still have a limited set number of options. And as long as you're able to say, okay, we, you know, if you want your game to be, you know, Steam, Steambox approved, it's got to run on, you know, these three or four different configurations that are available, then I, I, I think that's something that, that's entirely possible. But, you, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's sort of no different than having sort of these are the minimum specs that we recommend for your PC game, and then these are the recommended specs for your PC game. And so, you know, you, can, you, know, you look on the box and you see those two things, it's, it's the same thing. Like, oh, well, this is sort of what we're going to have in the very basic Steam box that is the, you know, the bare baseline minimum. And, and you know, and for as much as they're saying like, oh, hey, it's, you know, like the, the piston is configurable up to a certain level, maybe there's going to be another device that will be, purchasable it won't be configurable because it'll already come at the maximum level you know it might be called something slightly different but they'll all function along the same way and as long as steam itself is able to run on there and then make sure the game can play i think it, it, it might be viable it's i think you're i mean fundamentally you're right that it's it's a little it's 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 the same problems that you're kind of getting into with pc gaming now but i think as long as you can kind of cut the sort of the edges off you know you know because again you know uh, your issue with far cry was that you had sort of a top of the line gaming card that was giving you a problem and so as long as you're not you're not pushing the envelope to the point that you're breaking stuff you keep it within well-defined parameters you can put it out there fairly you know and be fairly confident that you know the majority of games will work and there's always going to be there's always going to be something that goes wrong somewhere but i think you know by and large given the you know the library of games on steam and stuff i think i mean fundamentally all they're doing is they're selling pcs that you're hooking up to your tv that's it i mean well, I mean, if they only have like two or maybe two or three cards, and I think if they're made by all the same person, like all the same company, that's one thing, you know, because it gives developers a very limited, you know, array of what they have to be make it available for. But if they're right. allowing other, like if they allow multiple companies to make multiple cards and use multiple driver sets, that's gonna open up uh, a can of worms. Exactly. So you know, yeah, because I'm all for modular consoles. I've been talking about modular consoles for a year yep. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You're preaching to the choir, because, Nick. <laughs> you just you just want a PC. <laughs> You're the PC. But, yes, but I would. <laughs> I would like a PC that I could just hook up, but I don't want to lug my goddamn PC over exactly. the TV. That's, that's why I don't big, use Steam Big Picture yet. Basically, all these things are is they're taking the 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 bare the barest con- parts of the PC, stripped it down to a, a, an incredibly tiny form factor. I think what I see that the piston is roughly the size Can't of a can of Coke. Yeah. And 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 you just you know you're just running a HDMI cable. It's it's. Yeah, it's, I mean, fundamentally, I mean, that's, I mean, even then, I mean, that's that's kind of what I've been saying for a while. One of the, one of the reasons I was playing Dear Esther this, you know, this past week is because I, I want, I finally wanted to test out big picture mode, and you know, and all, and, and so basically, fundamentally, I, I, you could say I was playing a Steam box. I had Steam running on my TV on a on a you know a box 
shaped laptop. Right. The only it. difference is that when you get a Steam, you know, a, a an actual Steam box, quote unquote, is that it'll just be smaller and more portable, to, so that you can just set it up in in the same way that you set up a normal, you know, a normal console now if yeah. i took my if i i could take yeah i could i could absolutely just take my pc over to the, you know over to the to the flat screen and just hook up the hdmi and then done and and play steam big picture and, and and play games like that i could play with a controller you know like but the problem is the the way it fits the form factor like it just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense to do that in addition to the whole you know well, when I want to use it as a PC, then it's like you got to lug it back to your to your desk or whatever. It's just you know, right. yeah, like it, it it makes perfect sense to just it's just smaller because yeah, effectively yeah, we already have a Steam box. It's called Steam. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, it's just that we're just changing the form of it so that it's a little bit nicer to right. to deal with. I yeah. do wish it was just larger fun. though, because the size is going to limit how powerful you can actually get. Like, it's going to limit how, you know, the type of RAM that you can put in there. It's going to limit uh, how powerful the graphics cards are going to be in there. Like, you know, you're, you're definitely not going to be cutting edge. But I don't really know if you can, like, you know, with the size of the, you know, the cards we have now, can you re- even really get, uh, how, how close can you get to, you know, uh, you know PC gaming as it stands right now? Like, not even at the cutting edge, you know. There are cards that, you know, are, you know, uh, a generation or two or three or five behind on PC that you could buy right now that the cards are still twice the size of that box, you know. So I guess that's, that, that's what we were, you know, kind of talking, you know, uh, mentioning earlier when, you know, I guess talking about, you know, going with the Tegra versus, you know, actual standard GPUs at this point. So I'm curious to see how they're gonna approach that, like who they're gonna work with to try to get these graphics cards and like in the, the form factor they need. Because one, like well, fuck, my one of my graphics cards is like I don't know, at least a foot long, has two huge fans on it, and an exhaust, you know, just to keep the heat down because of all the heat it generates. Like how they're gonna deal with that because that box is not that big. I mean, it's better because it's modular, and that way it can it'll you know it'll be better than a you know a static console where after a couple of years it's impossible to make it look better. But you know, who knows? Indeed. Cricket, cricket, like <laughs> hey, man, we're been... in that quiet contemplation part of the match, guys. Now, yeah. you know, <laughs> thinking about the future and stuff. You've you've made a valid point that unfortunately we don't you know based only on the design of the piston we don't know what else is it's going to do it's it's we don't and we don't really know sort of just how powerful it, it it's going to be it's 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 something that we're going to have to you know wait to see yeah I'm I'm also a little concerned with with uh, maybe driver support because you know this, like I said you can install Windows on your same box which I think the bulk of PC gamers or the bulk of people who get it will probably do because it, it's supposed to come out this year. Linux gaming is not going to make that explosion, you know, is- this year. <laughs> um, but you know, like you know, when, once you put Windows on that box, I'm positive that Valve is not going to support that. You know, Does, doesn't that mean that like Microsoft should almost be drooling at this because basically. It, it almost because I didn't didn't uh, wasn't one of the specs for the uh, the 720 allegedly to be running Windows 8, yeah. and so you figure 
that um, you know presumably windows 8 would be what would be available for the steam box so it's almost you know it's it's almost it's a whole new market for microsoft to be pushing their their uh, their os because it's it's not going to be free to install it on there you're going to have to buy it and so it's almost like this, this is like the xbox junior just running running steam I guess yeah, kind of like you know the, one of the rumors that the X, the new Xbox will run uh, Windows 8, but uh, I don't know. Like, I, I guess it does give uh, Microsoft an opportunity, you know, more of an opportunity to, to put um, you know their their software all over the place. <laughs> They're not frowning at the idea. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. You know, they're not frowning at it, so. Um, I don't know, we need we need more information. I mean, the most information we've gotten has been taking place over the last couple of weeks. I'm pretty sure there'll be even more information. Who knows? Valve may be making tons of deals right now with developers to make Linux versions of their games. Who knows? And maybe there won't be a reason to install Windows on it, but I seriously doubt that as of right now. But um, one thing I did think was interesting, actually a couple things. Well, two things mainly for me. One, the that Gabe wants to give people the ability to make their own stores. Like he wants to treat Steam like a utility, basically, and people can make their own stores. Where it kind of just sounds like it's a collection of games that they choose, and then you know people can browse their store and buy those games, like the collection of games that they that they recommend. Did you guys read that? Like that? Yeah, I, I read that. I, I didn't quite comprehend it because. It, it, like you said, like it, it sounds almost like th- these are like sort of what I want to feature. Like this is what I recommend. Like, like, but when you say store, it almost implies like we're trading money. So yeah. it's like, am I almost like buying the games from S- Valve to then resell? Or, or it, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's very strange. Like you know, who knows? Like you could resell your games in your store. You know, I I don't know. But 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 this is but this is beyond. I mean, but I, I, I and again, it's the concept of store is is very is so vague because it are, are you selling like your used games? Like, oh hey, you know, I bought and I played Bioshock. I'm done with that now. I'll put it on my Valve, you know, my Steam store. Somebody else can buy it, and then I no longer have access to that. Or is it just like, you know, like oh hey, like I'm gonna buy ten copies of. You know, or like, I guess it'd be licenses at that point. Who knows? Maybe he's just talking about some mythical shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? He was, he did have the white beard in the, uh, in the interview. The other thing, though, is the fact, well, one a feature of the Steam box, or, you know, whatever we're going to call it, um, is that it can stream to multiple devices wirelessly. Uh, so you'd be able to place it in one, po- you know, one location. And you can have it come up on your TV or have it come up on your PC or whatever, um, which we've, we have technology that does that now. That's not really the impressive part. But what Valve is envisioning is that you'll be able to have one Steam box with that, you know, where it can host multiple monitors simultaneously and play different things. Like on one monitor, you may be using a Steam box to watch a video on a different monitor or TV, you may be using the Steam Box to play a game, and on a different TV, somebody else may be using the Steam Box to play a totally different game. And that says a lot about technology, the future of technology. Because of course, Gabe has access; you know, he, he has access to information about new technology that we don't even know exists yet. Well, what if they're working on like multi-core GPUs, like kind of kind of the way they have multi-core CPUs right now? Makes sense. 
and then every core can do something individual. Like that right there is a game changer. But could the core themselves be modular? So you'd have one card and then you could just plug in, you know, maybe it's the baseline is, you know, dual core and you can make it like quad core or I don't know what eight core would be, but. Maybe. What if you can cascade or, uh, you know, cluster? Yeah. You know, pistons together. That see, that might make sense. But and, and then fundamentally, it's still one steam box, even though it's three, you know, three cans of Coke, you know, duct taped together. Yeah. I mean, the technology is out. That te- technology is out there. You know, e- you know, using like VMware ESX. Yeah. Cluster and virtual environments together. Yeah. That is very doable. Yeah. Short yeah. time out. Yeah, I duct taping three cans of Coke together just made me think that literally, like when you do eventually see Steam boxes, that the same way people put bricks in like a in an iPad box and try and sell it, <laughs> like <laughs> then you're gonna see people like, <laughs> selling. Here's the new Steam box, and it's literally going to be three cans of Coke taped together. <laughs> well, I think that you know that might be awesome though if like they partner up with Coke and then it's like open up your Coke can and it's not full of soda. You got a Steam box. Oh God! Yeah, and just now up. Nick is in the land of Disneyland, in the mythical land. Yeah, <laughs> we we let him. Yeah, we let him talk for too long. I'm in a mythical land, and I'm hanging out with Gabe Newell, and it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're playing Half Life Three. And you're uh, not Nick. <laughs> <laughs> sensitive subject. Sensitive subject. Time in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, like the Steam Box is supposed to come out this year so i'm pretty sure there'll be lots of information coming out especially well you know we got, we got gdc coming up after that well we got packs after that and then we have e3 after that so between in the next six months we're gonna get a lot of information on this thing i i feel like gdc i don't think we a lot happens there doesn't gdc frowns on uh like announcements don't they they do but That's they wouldn't be announcing anything new that's, I but, they already know. Like, they gave us on a story, like, "Hey, you already know about Steam Box. This is why you should develop for Linux. This what? is why you should use OpenGL." Do we know who the keynote speaker is? Oh my God, it's Gabe Newell. No, it's is? not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my hopes up there for a minute. Oh. You hear his I voice? Somebody would have pointed that out already. If that were the case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is you know mind blown. If they yeah. don't have one, maybe it's time to get him. <laughs> No, but I, I have a I have a feeling that I think PAX is where everything's going to blow up. I, I think I think E three PAX is becoming more the relevant spot for exactly. But I, I, you're still going to have stuff at E three. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, you're only going to be talking about you know Sony, Microsoft there really, and, and Nintendo. Like others may make an appearance, but it's like you know Valve could just walk into PAX and steal the show and be done with it. You yeah, know, for the year easily, easily. <laughs> You know, Valve doesn't seem like they really want a circus. Microsoft always does, and Sony. Literally, they literally want Cirque du Soleil dancing, yeah, goddamn fucking shit, while yeah. they announce nothing. <laughs> exactly. Oh, look at Smart Glass. Ta-da! And that's it. That was <laughs> yeah. the only interesting thing, guys. Yeah. Nothing to see here. Halo Four. It's gonna be awesome, but we're not gonna show you anything that makes it look awesome. Okay. Exactly. Um. Yeah, so we'll, we'll of course we'll, we'll always stay up to date with what's going on with the same box, and you know we'll we'll let you guys know as it happens. But um, yeah, let's look at what's coming out next week. Um, actually, are we even? We're still, we're getting close to games actually coming out again. Um, actually, I think the next major release is DMC. Yeah, it is DMC. 
Yeah, DMC coming comes out. out. On the Our Anarchy Reigns just came out. Yeah, but is like that is that a major release though? It's, like, it's, it's a not a major game. You know what's weird about it? It's basically it's actually a, a basically it's a, sequel a sequel to Mad, Mad World. World. Yeah, yeah, and and it's but it's like it's a. It's got to be the first game that I've ever seen, like, I've seen in a long while, on console at least, that's priced reasonably for what it is. Yeah. Because it's a multi, like, it's a multiplayer brawler, like, it's, that's like, you know, one of its main components is, like, an online multiplayer brawler, um, but it's got, like, a story mode that's supposed to have two sides to it, but they're, like, it's, like, 10 hours, and then there's multiplayer. Game's $30. I'm, like, that's fucking, I'm going out and buying it just because it's $30, because you price that game reasonably for what it is, instead of right. trying to charge $60 just because. Yeah. <laughs> just because you can. Just because you can, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, actually, I, I think you can get it in stores, but it's, I think the the main thing is that it's, uh, is that it's supposed to be, uh, it's, it's, it's main, the way you're supposed to get it is downloadable like you can go pick up a disc but it, they, they really want you to download it uh, okay. which is another reason why i think it was 30 dollars. which we're entering that age man like where you know that you know variable pricing because something's downloadable and they save money by not having to go through that supply chain whoop, whoop. yeah whoop, whoop. that <laughs> but, um so yeah dmc is coming out the 15th uh, after that, we got Strike Suit Zero, which looks interesting. Like, I don't know. Like, have you guys really seen anything? Not else? really. Yeah, like, I've seen pictures, and that's about it. I've heard good things, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm actually looking forward to, to, forward to Shoot Mania, um, because it's an arena shooter, and I love arena shooters. It's the you know Ubisoft showed it at their was it Ubisoft that showed it at their conference? It was Ubisoft that showed it, and they kind of showed it in like the worst scripted way possible. Like I feel they, like if they had absolutely. just showed the game, like they they would have been fine. Like if they just had those same those same people just come out and play the fucking game. I don't think they really showed anything. it at all. I don't think it should. Arena shooters are very hard to translate. That's, that's true. That it should, true. I don't think they should have showed it at all. They should have just. It, left and it, it doesn't. And it doesn't look like anything special. Technically. Yeah. And the, the target audience is gonna get it anyway. Like right. showing it at E3 is not really a waste help. of time. Exactly. Um, and and it's like they're one of the few people who actually had games to show, so they didn't really have any reason to show it off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's coming out. And uh, well, Hitman's trilogy is coming out soon, and Skulls of the Shogun finally for Xbox Live Marketplace and PC. So wow, that wasn't out already. I know, right? Like well, we talked about that two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> talked about it, and it was like more or less fully playable. Like I, that's weird. But. Yeah. Oh well, I guess that's just what that's how it happens. But yeah, that's gonna wrap us up. Uh, soon we'll be getting, we'll be rolling in games again. You know, soon February is when things typically start to kick up. Um, but yeah, it's gonna wrap us up today. You can uh, catch us on SoundCloud, which is SoundCloud.com/slash/MashThoseButtons. Uh, we are on uh, iTunes as well. We're on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash MTB site. Facebook.com slash mash those buttons as well. And YouTube.com slash mash those buttons. If you want to stream the show, you can do it on Stitcher Smart Radio, uh, which is available for your iOS and Android devices. They also have a downloadable client now too, so you can you know do that as well. 
And uh, as always, thank you for listening. And we will catch you guys next week. Ta-ta. Take care. Yeah.